lads, we're back. We Adam. are, Daniel. But there's a problem. What's the, we have many problems. For some <laughs> reason, I don't know. For some reason, your camera looks. Quite I'm not off. in HD. It's very. It is. You look like a 2007 Skype call. Pre, <laughs> <laughs> it's like pre-pandemic stuff. Oh yeah. man, few things. This like what a day today, right? Like, how it's was your day, long? guys? Yeah, it's fine. It was a busy day. A lot of interviews. Yeah. I feel uh, like it snowing. would be. I feel like it would be unfair to start the show because I think the last time we we recorded the game had hadn't come out yet or you hadn't gotten mm-hmm. it yet or you just started how is how is the game i think it had i had started playing it um that would have maybe a, a day right i've now completed legends arceus the main story <laughs> how uh, long is that i don't want to say how long okay it's more i'm at more than i'm closing in on 40 hours of game Oh, wow. Uh, it is sensational. I'm nearly done the post game. I'm basically now completing the Pokedex. It's incredible. It is such a breath of fresh air for Pokemon. 10 out of 10 recommend it. It's instantly wow. in my top three favorite Pokemon games. Maybe awesome. my favorite of all time. We'll what see. about games all time? Top, it's up top there. Three. It's, up there. It's, up there. It's, in my, it's in my top three, which is sort of going like Dragon Age Origins. Used to be Pokemon Platinum, that may be Challenge, and like Halo 3. That's sort of where Legends Arceus has put itself in. It's good. It's really, really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Going back to like, obviously, I, I'd gotten ahead of my work for school for the week. Yeah. And now uh, today was a class where I was doing stuff again. I'm like, that's a, I was reading some story because it's an English class. I just kind of stopped. I'm like, man, I wish I was playing Pokemon right now. Uh, Are you back so- in person for this one? No, I'll the uh, and, but this class especially I have a, I think it's like the sixteenth or whatever. Uh, yeah. Two Wednesdays from now is my first in class for it. So nearly everything else is is um is going to be online. It's just this one class, which is right. very annoying. How about you, Alex? I my, I have one class that is in person, but it doesn't start until the end of the month. I, I'm not entirely sure of this rolling start that Ryerson you know decided on. You know what's really annoying is this one class yeah. it, until this uh, until we go back in a few weeks. It's asynchronous, and what doesn't help is when it's like here's a 20 minute video of this lecture, and it's someone else like this just video. It's not even like you've clearly done this before, but it's yeah. really actually from the professor is a 20 minute video. <laughs> I, I hate it so much. I hate it. So asynchronous is just the worst thing that's ever happened to mankind. I feel like I've learned nothing. We had a class that was a I, Daniel. I don't think you did, but Adam and I over, we had a class that was asynchronous. Was I'm that gonna, the, I'm not gonna, the ethical why yeah, journalism yeah. matters? Yeah. Man, I hated that class so much. That really should have been whatever. It's besides the, the point. movies. <laughs> oh, Ivor Shapiro. Yes, I've uh, read. I've watched those ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's they're so, they're, it's, they're so oh, it's, bad. It's cringy sometimes. It's crazy. Yeah. I watched a whole series before I actually met the guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my. I don't remember we met him briefly in first year. Did we? He was. He came for a lecture once. Oh, right. And I remember maybe. for a scavenger hunt, we had to go find one of his books at the school library, Daniel. Remember oh, that? Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yep. That yep. felt like eight years ago. It did. It did. <laughs> I remember the friends I made in that first lab. 
remember I, I was, that's why I met Mike and I wasn't friends with him for a couple of years afterwards, but yeah, yeah long time. And ago, now look at us. And now he tries to get Alex uh, off the podcast so we can take a spot. <laughs> anyway. I'm still here. I'm still, still here. here. You are. You know who's not around in his profession anymore, though? Who's that? Tom Brady. We're opening with oh. football in the hockey podcast. The GOATs retired last. It's really funny. So Adam Schefter, for those of you who don't know, the Elliot Friedman of football, I believe, was basically reporting out Brady's done. And then there was this leak that all of a sudden came out of it. I know he's talking to the owner of the Bucks. He hasn't made the decision yet. Uh, all it really was, and I had watched um, Get Up and then First Take for ESPN, or in both segments, Adam Schefter said, listen, he's retiring. He just wants to do it on his own terms. So basically, I think Adam Schefter had it. Tom Brady didn't like it and said, no, no, no. We're going to wait a few days here. But, you know. I loved on Saturday where I think it was Fox. I can't remember. But they interviewed Tom Brady's dad. He's like, he's not officially retired yet. Don't worry. But Don't worry. He'll retire soon. <laughs> Give him a minute. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Literally, give him a minute. But it's, like, it's insane. I'd like to say, we've mentioned before, Montreal Gazette with the amazing headline that it is pretty ironic, but it is true that it is truly the end of an era. Because if you guys remember, Tom Brady was drafted out of high school by the Montreal Expos right? And as a catcher. And he was technically their last. He didn't sign with them, but he was technically their last active draft pick. So when he retired, th- awesome. that's officially the end. There's no more Expos. So forget about the legacy in football, the championship <laughs> rings, the status is probably the greatest football player of all time. The Expos. That's what we're Expos. I'm going to, I'm trying to pull it up here. I don't know if you saw, there was a uh, news station out of New York who, who tweeted about it and said the only, <laughs> The only time he lost in the Super Bowl was to t- a team in New York. <laughs> Even I'm like, I, cool. Like, of course you did. Wasn't it this year's the first time in like a decade it's not been him or Aaron Rodgers at least to the final four? We know that. Yeah. Super Bowl picks: Bengals or uh, or LA? LA Rams? Yes, yeah. the yeah, LA Rams. I'm, I'm going Bengals. Obviously, I've been going with them all playoffs. So. All right, I'm going to go with the LA Rams. Because there's another baseball connection here. Okay. Okay. So Matt Stafford, their quarterback. Yeah, decent player, I heard. Is high school friends with one of my favorite baseball players, Clayton Kershaw. So in high school, when Matt Stafford was on the baseball team, he was Kershaw's catcher. Fair enough. Alex, tiebreaker. I will go with the Cincinnati Bengals. I look at, I'll, I'll explain why. I look at, not that I know football. Uh, well, but I look at Joe Burrow and that's um, it. And, and I go, that guy does not care about anything at all. Like in a good way, you know how there's sometimes people that just don't care about anything at all. He that's what his BDE. <laughs> yes. Yes, he, he really does. does. Yes, he does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so why he, I'm picking them. Yeah. Tom Brady. Congrats. Great, great career. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously like, legit. It's, it's, I can't imagine what it's like to someone who has been a football fan for more than two minutes like myself, but you always have to respect when one of the greats go. You know, it's going to be like, what are we going to do when Sidney Crosby retires? I don't think the NHL knows what it's going to do when Sidney Crosby <laughs> retires. Um, but man, just respect to that guy. What an athlete. I'd like to say chips. one thing with him is just how inspirational he's kind of been. 199th overall, 
in the sixth yeah. round, last pick of the sixth round, and became quite possibly the best quarterback ever. This is true. Elliot Freeman, not quite there yet. Apparently, 32 thoughts gave him the last. I always like when Elliot, what Elliot does with the 30 second thought. He's done it like he fretted to Bob McKenzie when he retired. Uh, did that. He always has that little nugget in thought 32 and he brought up Tom Brady. So and I, I think PK put up a picture with him. PK is a pretty, you know, PK is a big dude and Brady next to him. is like, oh man, he's that like, tall dude, big dude, yeah. big dude, big arm and you know, decent player. So congrats on the career. Also, we should, yeah. Forgetting Ben Roethlisberger too. Woo. Yeah. But Tom Brady, yeah. did he retire too? He did. Yes, he did. Oh, wow. And, and Stephen A. Smith was like, thank goodness. He should have <laughs> done it two years ago. Oh my God. But uh, oh. yeah, and Stephen A. Smith is a Steelers fan, which is weird because he gives people crap about abandoning the Knicks. But like, well, why are you not a Giants fan? Yeah, or a Jets fan, or a Jet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, let me not, acting not, like I know what that let's means. Let's not. Let's. I don't want Donald to get upset as the as a Jets fan. Donald. Is he a Jets fan? Is he a Jets fan? Yes, he is. Well, we're not talking about the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets today. We will later because they're in a bit of free fall. But we're going to talk about first. Team Canada, they've released their leadership. Why do they say it like that? We know who the captains and the alternates are. Yeah. Uh, one alternate being David Dayarnay, because that's cool. And the captain, at the worst kept secret in hockey, Eric Stahl. So that's pretty hype. Redemption. Is it redemption? It is. This Well, this position and the fact that he's the captain is great. Because I remember, guys, I told you about the Cheerios box. Yeah. Yes. That he was added onto it for... T- Prior 2014 for the Olympics, they already jumped the gun and put him on the box, and he didn't make the final cut. Mm-hmm. So I love it. I love Eric Stahl. Um, I have a f- great story of it as well, too. Um, when my dad was downtown, he got interviewed by the Toronto Star, and it was when Eric Stahl was going around with the gold medal. And then uh, my dad got to meet him, and him, apparently he was a really nice guy. He let my dad hold the medal. So I have a special place in my heart for Eric Stahl. Same, man. Same. He's just a good player. And, you know, maybe that'll help his ear, you know, losing in the cup final. But then if he can get a gold medal, then we'll see. Uh, we will see. Yeah. Also, shout out to Marie-Philippe Poulin being one of the torchbearers. That's really cool. Yeah, awesome. Always cool to yeah. see. I think it's tonight, isn't it? Or tomorrow? I, With the time change, I'm not entirely sure. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't um, tell you. Well, can I ask you a question? I, I went to go look. David DeHarnay is under contract this year, I believe, with uh, in in Switzerland. But will he be at LA King next year? Oh, because of Mark Bergevin? Yeah. Man, did he love David DeHarnay? Michelle Ter, wherever Michelle uh, Terrian ends up, too, it's going to be like, we got to get him. That guy's also a redemption story, too. Doesn't Michelle Terrian have Does a he? job? No, he got fired from Philly, yeah. remember? Oh, yes. yes. Well, yes. What are you saying, Daniel? Oh, DeHarnay is also a uh, kind of a redemption story, too. I remember he was, wasn't was drafted. He was five oh. foot seven, And then mm-hmm. uh, he, I know circumstances, but he worked his way up to being a top-line center for the Habs for a bit. Which is, when I looked yeah. back on the uh, 2009, oh, 2010 uh, conference finals team, I'm like, oh, yeah, he was their top-line center. He would have been not top-line, but he would have been around for 2014 as well. It just it was weird, man. He was one of the best players that uh, Max Pacioretty ever had as a line mate, which is a shame to hear. Uh, there's like one year, I think he had like 60 points, and you're like, wow. And then he was a ranger for a bit, and that was weird, and then he disappeared into Switzerland or whatever. So that's what happens. That is what happens. Now some cadre. We know from a few weeks ago that he switched agents to Darren Ferris. On insider trading, Pierre LeBron has basically made it clear that 
looking at the book of Darren Ferris, it's you bring your client to the market, the open market to see what there's going to be. And apparently that is the plan for Nazem Kadri. It's just, it's really funny that a couple of weeks ago, like Alex jokingly said, like, you know, he can end up in Philly. And now we know what's going on with Philly and open checkbook and all that. Man, does it not feel like he's going to Philly? And it would fit their aura, right? Like, you know, what the Philadelphia Flyers are, what, you know, Bobby Clark comes out and speaks and, and stuff like that. Like he fits the way that you imagine they would play in, in a perfect world. How they, their identity should be. I, I don't know if in our lifetime, we've properly seen what the Flyers are supposed to be. AKA people are like broad street bullies. I'm like, yeah, but like, what is the 2022 version of that? Like it, have they really been, have you ever been scared of playing the Flyers? Maybe Wayne Simmons, maybe, but eh, no, you can, I wouldn't be afraid of the Flyers. You should be afraid of the Flyers and Kadri really helped that. For me, I think just ever since I became a hockey fan, for me, the Flyers have been the team where they're inside on everything and they always just wanted to spend money. Like they always just wanted to get the guy. They wanted to make these trades and they never really had, like what you said, like, that true identity of, okay, this is what we are. And then we're going to add guys to it each time. And we're just going to roll with it and contend. I think every time they would have the certain guys like a Claude Giroux or Sean Couturier, or even looking back, they had a Jeff Carter or Mike Richards. And so, but they just kept adding a bunch of high priced guys, never really knowing what the identity is. It's it's best player I want him. Yeah, they've always kind of been like they're there with like Dallas, where it's like in the background. Yeah, Philly are interested, but it's they haven't they've never really gotten the guy in. You know, if you think about it, I'm trying to think who are some of their really homegrown. Like if we're looking at defensemen, Yandel they brought in, Ravislin and they brought in, Provorov was one of their guys, Hart's one of their guys, uh, Vorchek they acquired. Giroux and um, obviously Couturier are their own guys, but like, uh, do we really know Fly the Flyers? Is maybe in Hextall that started to happen, but like, what's happened since? Like, are the Flyers really big on developing from within? Yep. Travis Konecki, uh, Oscar Lindbaum. I, I I think they haven't yeah. they haven't had that perennial guy since yeah. they brought in essentially like since they've developed. Claude Giroux and uh, Sean Couturier. And Giroux just hasn't been the same in the past couple of years. Right. Probably like since that wrist injury, right? And Couturier's yeah. Couturier's good. It's just, you know, he's a, you know, he's fine. He's, yeah, he's a good player. He's a, he's a star. Yeah. yeah. And that, but like, and even like Konechny and that, you know, was it Konechny that they said at the end of last year, we could have traded you? Or am I thinking of so? Or is that? <laughs> yeah, no. That was it. Uh, was he's been, it feels like he, this Travis Konechny has been in trade rumors for, for a few years now. Like, it's just why, like, why is that a guy you're, you'd want to trade to me? It doesn't make sense to me. Weird... Now I remember the one other defenseman they developed was Travis Sanheim. Yes. No, and then it's like, like, just who else has been, you know, I guess maybe like Sim, did they draft Simmons? Wayne Simmons? Yeah. No, he was drafted by LA. He was in the Mike Richards trade. That's why. With Braden okay. Shen. Okay. okay, then. Yes, and even that, and like, and, and Wayne Simmons was the guy you can imagine that a fire would be. So uh, maybe Kadri's that first step. 
And even if you're overpaying him, you know, we talked about last episode, he's behind McKinnon now in Colorado. If he goes to Philly, he's behind Couturier. And that can be really, really good. We'll see who else are, you know, in a couple months, because it, it, talking about free agency, man, there's still some hockey to be played. And they continue to do well, Colorado, by the way. They did lose last night, though. Their home winning streak came to an end. I was live tweeting it to the guys. You didn't respond to me, though. Uh, so I saw it this morning. I was sleeping. <laughs> I, I was sleeping. I saw it this morning. Game. I wasn't sure what to respond to. <laughs> so here's what happened for those of you who don't know. Uh, I think it was late Lawson Krause had tied the game. Somehow, you know, Arizona, they kept in it. They've been winning games lately. It's huge for the last place. So you have to see it. Anyway, uh, so that happens, right? And it goes to overtime. And, you know, eventually, I forget who took it. Um, but one of the Avalanche took a penalty, and, but then they kill it off. It's fantastic. You love to see it. Uh, they go to the shootout, and the only person who scored in the shootout was Alex Galchenyuk. So Alex Galchenyuk <laughs> has brought down the Colorado Avalanche. Is mighty. The first time since that famous Detroit team that fizzled out in the, in the playoffs. One of the best winning streaks in home we've seen in forever. But now it becomes the last time they lost in regulation at home. Oh, you, my you God. Can, they, they, you could kind of see afterwards on the bench, like that hit them that loss. Yeah. Well, when when you win that many games in a row, there there's this confidence and confidence, and it keeps building and building and building, and and to lose that first game, I think does become demoralizing a little bit. Not, and it's not complacency that gets in the way, but I think. You know, you just get demoralized. But I think with the group that they have there, I, I believe they can bounce back. Like, I don't think that one loss should absolutely spiral them, even though, you know, their body language was clearly upset. Like, you just lost a huge home win streak. Yeah, I and also against Arizona of all teams. I think for me, it was just a shock. And then it's just okay, well, th- this is over and everything, but like, just to confirm, Darcy Kemper, was he in net? He was, yeah. Okay, so it was uh, Arizona's revenge against Darcy Kemper. So that, that explains it. Yeah, they were having some close games there. There were always, always comebacks, except ignore the Buffalo game because that's Buffalo. But you know what? They came close against Montreal, sort of snapping it. They went to overtime against the Bruins. Um, I don't think there were any games they didn't deserve to to like they deserve to lose because you have to be careful when you're a team. It's when you start to win games, you shouldn't win. I don't think they were getting to that point. Like I'm not, obviously we're not saying that their season is done because I don't know. I don't, they don't play again until the 10th and that's against, ooh, it's against Tampa Bay. That's a so game. that's a huge sort of turning point that they're going to be. It's important to see what Colorado are like post this. Cause I don't think they're going to be very happy that they just lost to a team that has 11 wins on the year. And they're going to be stewing over it on the break. I don't know how many of them are going to be too upset. They're probably going to be on the beach already sort of laughing it up. But I'm sure the coaching staff, once they get back, are going to say, listen, um, we got to get going here, boys. And I mean, what a first game back being Tampa Bay. Yeah, like you say, Alex, that is, excuse me, must, must watch. Then they have a home and home of caught with Dallas. That's weird. Vegas on the 16th. Uh, so they've got some good games coming up then on the so, 16th and 26th against Vegas. Those will be pretty fun. Sorry. If the Coyotes beat the Lightning, are they the giant killers of the season? If that Leafs, happens, like that at some point, yeah, the Leafs, Arizona, the Avs, and then the Lightning. 
Yeah. I, I, sure. Who, I'm actually curious as to see who they've beaten over their 11 games. I'm going to pull up their schedule real All quick. Right. I mean, Arizona? Yeah. Go ahead. So I just want to do some math. So we can do 32 plus 8 plus 4. Okay, so 44 games. So that means that 37 more games for the Avalanche, right? Um, so we just do some math. So they have 74 points on the table. Divide that by 2. So let's say they go 500 for the rest of the year. Then they get another 37 points, which so three, and we add that to their current thing. That's 68 points. They have their excuse the math. If they go 500 for the rest of the year, they would still finish with 105 points. They're not going to finish 500. No, They're going to no. be so much better. But just to give you a sort of reference on how good at uh, reference, sorry. So, t- so Nashville, who are second place, they have six game in hands over Minnesota. Minnesota has 10 regulation losses. Predators have 14. Colorado have eight in 44 games played. Wow. How good they've been. The Panthers and Lightning and um, Toronto are all at 10. My goodness, how close is that? Uh, Carolina are at nine. Oh, my goodness. They're not yeah, good. But so, they're good. Sorry. Yeah, they're good. These are the teams the Coyotes have beat. Colorado. Nice. New, uh, New Jersey. Mm. Montreal. Mm. Toronto. Chicago. Hey. Ooh. Uh, Anaheim, hey, yeah, LA, Detroit, and St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis and Seattle. Those that's a mixed bag. <laughs> what a mixed <laughs> bag of teams to beat, man. I mean, again, they're getting hot at the right time. You love to see it for the Habs. That's, I'm happy <laughs> yeah. to see that. I'm really happy to see that. You're, you're right, Daniel, though. If they beat the Lightning, uh, and like Vegas and no. maybe Carolina, if they play them again. They're giant killers. Uh, my mic has decided to stop working. Uh, oh, what a night, guys. No, it what has. It has. It has. It's it's working again. That, there we go. See it. I have technical difficulties. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Okay, so let's talk about something here. Sure. The New Jersey Devils oh. had a very bad jersey early in the year, as we know. Um, that being their just their jersey jersey that was black and just had the word jersey on it. So what they did is it's around the time of Chinese New Year, as we know. So they have this jersey that's sort of styled over. I think they're called like there's like lucky red envelopes. I remember I went to school in elementary school. This kid named Brandon Kwan, and I remember Chinese New Year's he'd give out these little envelopes, and they have like a quarter in something, right? It's part of Chinese New Year. So what they've done is off these red envelopes, the Devils have designed these jerseys. Um, they actually brought in an artist, and Alex, do you have it up? Because remember you sent it to us. Um, uh, I can. Pull it's in it our up. Twitter, yeah. I yeah. Can pull it so up. yeah. They I bring in. It. I believe she's actually a Chinese artist um, to you know actually design these jerseys. Now, see, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because a lot of people saw this and the way that the devils is sort of hung it. So it's the jersey that's red. There's a sort of like symbol that I don't know how to quite describe it, but it's it's sort of it's, it's like a Japanese, sorry, not Japanese, a Chinese style. And then there's the devil's logo, the NJ that's in black. So and the way they kind of put this picture up and it was all like the jerseys hanging, but they're. Their sleeves were sort of tucked behind, so they just looked like banners. And they resembled Nazi banners. And everyone, I saw people saying this was cultural, uh, hold on, what's the term? Let me me find it quickly. Appropriation? Yes, they said it was cultural appropriation. Uh, What are you thinking? Or Miss, Miss, 
You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. They were basically saying like, what do you, what do you do? I hear it. Here it is. Okay. Yeah. um, It's not cultural appropriation. That's not the right word. So cultural um, appropriation, I think is the proper term. Anyway, you just say that appropriation. That's what I said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Is everyone was like, you made a Jersey that looks like a, a Nazi flag. When it's so much to the community, what it basically looks like is, and I don't know, Alex, can you like throw a picture of it when we're in like the editing so people can see it? Yeah. Is it, it's not it. like it's it's not that it's not a swastika, but it's what it kind of looks like is because of the white and that yeah. and the I'll point of the devil's logo. It, okay, thank you. Yeah, it just it looks it doesn't look great. Okay, no, yeah. from from so afar, like yeah, I see it. See my screen. That's there. Um, oh, let me scroll down. For me, it it looks like okay. I, I get what they're doing when you look close up, right? You look close up to it, but when you send the when you sent the picture, Adam, of them lined up in the locker room, that's when I'm like, ah, that 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 that, that, that doesn't look good. This post, you guys see this? Yeah. Is this the one you're talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So especially sure. the one on the bottom right, you can find this on this New Jersey one. stuff. We're looking at the tweet that they said. Like, look at the wildcats wearing it. Listen, it's here's the thing is this isn't if you look at it and you compare it to what the inspiration is, it's not like I think people need to just sort of I saw people saying they're reaching. I, I get where people are looking at here, but this is based on what the source material was. I, I think it's a pretty it's bang on what it is. This isn't a pure white circle that it's on and it's their logo. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think what they did differently, I, I, if you guys remember when they did the Jersey Jersey, they had someone explain it, but it was like, this isn't an explanation. This is whatever. Like they, they sent out a post very much detailing what this is and what it means. I think, you look at the how they pictured it in that post. I think that they could have done that a little better, uh, but I think the actual there, there's the meaning behind behind all of these things. I think too. So they hired a Taiwanese American artist to create the design. It's for the Lunar New Year. So listen, they they took all the steps here. This isn't wasn't it Braden Holpe who had like a First Nation style mask and he didn't actually approach a First Nations artist to do it. Mm. He did after he got called out for it. But this isn't like the, the New Jersey Devils. I think are an organization that like behind the scenes, I think they've changed very much. You know, this is past the Lou days, past the Shiro days. Um, I, I, I like people, I think, are looking for a bit of a fight here. I, I don't think anyone is going to go out and find that sort of design right now and say, this is what we're doing. Like you look at the past couple of years and I think right now with the truckers convoy and you see these people rocking Confederate flags and you're like, like, how is this connected to what you're thinking about here? Right. I feel like maybe people were a bit sort of on the high strung side right now. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of people are on edge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This isn't that it's just not. And I love a lot of people sort of go on about the swastika because it has, it has deeper meaning. It was, it existed before the Nazis. Right. But obviously now, and I think like different parts of the world, uh, like in Japanese culture, they still use it, but not, you know, obviously the, the Nazi one is actually inverted and then it's slanted. Right. But in a lot of Japanese media, they will actually use the original one, which I, I can't remember if it's Buddhist or whatever. Right. But I feel like in the West, we're a lot more 
don't go anything resembling it. Don't go near it. Rightfully so when it is that style. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but this isn't, this just isn't that. It's actually a very creative jersey, I think, in what they were going for. Um, like you can nitpick like the NJ logo itself. Maybe you could put some trimming around it, but um, I just. They should have worn it during the game. I saw people tweet like maybe instead what we should do, like people do is those special jerseys like hockey fight cancer nights and that yeah. wear them the whole game. I love that. Why idea. Not? I don't it's see cool. why not. I agree. Like, yeah. May- maybe the hockey fight cancer one. It's hard to do for both teams because there'd be a lot of uh, purple. Just do the home team. All right. Yeah. Just do the home team. Mm-hmm. Like, I-, I don't see why it would be an issue. But again, mm-hmm. that's too creative for the because most time. Yeah. Because most times, um, especially if it's not a. Uh, designated home game you're watching a western conference game they don't always show you the warm-ups they just show you like glimpses right, right. it's that's when their pre-show was yeah it's like uh if, if it's a sports net one for the leafs it's like we're going to talk up to this mic'd up player and you can't hear them you can't it's awful um but anyway 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 um just you know people just do some research before you go on Twitter saying like, oh, this is what this, no. Especially because New Jersey then gave a big profile thing on it. Like You could have done the research on the same page that you saw the picture on. Like just, if you, like, oh, it's so frustrating. It's so, so frustrating. I obviously, I got a haircut a few weeks ago. And my hairdresser is, is he's Chinese. And like, I remember him, we were talking about the Chinese New Year when I was getting my haircut. And I was, so I knew about it, but still like, Come on, guys. Uh, the devils are not going to put that out there. And if they did, I, it's just so either. The, I don't even want that to go further it, than that because if, they're not going to do that. No, they would. If they did, it would be the biggest story in hockey. Everyone gets fired and the, the team yeah. goes to a new ownership group, move them, yeah. erase them from history. Yeah. Send them back and be the Colorado Rockies for all I care if they did that. But they didn't. Yeah, it's just yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. But like, I, I did you guys also see? Um, I think it was one of the women um, for Team China. Their goalie and oh, their the pads, pads have yeah. like the it's like a That's gold so cool. Eastern dragon on them. Yes, that was cool. That was cool. By the way, Eastern dragons are so cool, and they're like oh the the lore of them. Obviously, big weeb for Japan. Their stuff <laughs> is great. I love I love Eastern dragons. They're so sick. Um, anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Pair Networks. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choosing a website hosting service that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. And they have guaranteed U.S.-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you will receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit pair.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the quote quick start. That's pair, P-A-I-R dot com slash free promo code quick start, all one word 
to get started today. Where else are we going here, guys? Where else are we going? Mason Marchman had a 6.9. You see that? Leafs legend Mason Marchman. So, first off, like, let's just who is he traded for, Alex? Uh, Dennis From Mulgan. Dennis Mulgan. Where is he? Uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. Oh, okay, okay. But don't worry. He comes back because I remember in the NHL games, he comes back and then he develops into like a solid 84. So, that is very true. Yeah. So, looking at Mason Marchman, it, it like, yeah. It, yeah, it's cool. A great night. It's becoming really, really commonplace that the Panthers are scoring eight goals a game, eh? It is. Yeah. They're they're demolishing teams. They're demolishing teams. Like it's hilarious. If they play Colorado in the finals, like if that's the, I think that's the odds-on favorite right now because they are. Like, listen, we'll see what happens in the playoffs because I think if you're doing a betting line, I still think Tampa would probably be because they have the experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I still have questions about Florida's goaltending because Bobrovsky's not good in the playoffs and Spencer Knight's not having a great year. Um, the Panthers, though, are they're such a fascinating team because I was watching a hockey guy video, great channel, by the way, um, talking about how they, the Panthers acquired each player on their team. And what they've quietly done is they've looked at like the market inefficiency thing. Like Verhage is a great example. Gustav Forsling's another great one, too. Uh, I'm telling you, they're going to get Ben Chirot. I'm telling you right now. I'm just obviously, and they had like the good, they're a really good case of like building a team because Ekblad, as we know, Huberto and Barkov were all, they were from rough years there. They took advantage of the draft and they went from there. Um, Bobrovsky's contract isn't great, but you go out, you get your goaltender, you have to pay a little more, but if you're getting quality goaltending, then it can cover up a lot of the stuff in the regular season. And this is up and down their lineup. It's just, it's a really, really, Patrick Hornquist was another low-key good acquisition for them. Um, and they took advantage of Pittsburgh not wanting to give, I think it was like a short-term money thing they were trying to clear out. Um, and they've got a Uyghur holding on to him. Seventh-round pick. Rumors. Yeah, I mean, that's another great one. It's just, the, the Panthers are a, such a quiet, good team. They, they've done... The Panthers over the last two years under Bill Zito have made these what look like small changes, but when you put it all together under a system that they're currently playing, it seems to work so well. Like they've, they've gotten the most, I think, out of Anthony Duclair than anyone had before. Carter Verhage had taken, has taken multiple steps. Uh, who am I missing? Like, Sam Bennett, I, Sam Bennett. So yeah, Sam Bennett. And, and, and we've seen, look at what they brought in Sam Reinhardt this summer too. Like they've just made move after move where some of them are, they, the big, now they're starting to make bigger ones, but the ones that really put the team together, the smaller moves have really worked out for them. Yeah. For me, what I think when I look about these, when I look at these trades are you're bringing in these guys that maybe they've been miscast on their former teams. They, they really didn't get the ice time and they didn't really get the opportunities. And then suddenly in Florida, it's like, let's try this. Let's try to give these guys more of a role here. And it's just worked out. Like mentioned all those guys, like Carter Verhage was just a fourth line guy on that cup winning team for Tampa. And then suddenly he, he gets hot and stays in the top six or Anthony Duclair, like he's finally settled in like after, after he left Ottawa, honestly, I just thought Florida was just going to be another team where 
let's just get him as a depth player, but he's he's really settled down and played his game a lot better. And then other ones too that are not even on the team right now, like Alex Wenberg was able to reinvent himself after Columbus bought him out and they got the most out of him for that one show me year. Then Seattle overpaid him. <laughs> I'm not moving off of that, by the way. Like a note about Sam Bennett, by the way, his career high in goals was 18 in Calgary, right? I think it was his, uh, it's still technically a rookie year for him because the previous season he only, had, he only played one. Uh, that was his career high at the time of points, 36, 18 goals. This year in 37 games, he's up to 30 points so far, 21 goals. So he's already, he's already hit a new career high. And who knows, you know, this was a story. How does the rest of that series against Tampa go without Sam Bennett? Obviously, I remember in one of those games, I think he took a late game penalty, maybe in game one or two. That's sort of cat. Like, I think Braden Point had converted on that power play. And then, like, how different do the rest of the playoffs look afterwards, right? I mean, they wouldn't have beaten Montreal, Florida. So if it's 1990, if it's it's the finals right now, Florida and Colorado, is this 1996 all over again? Where what the Panthers actually have a fun. So the that was when the Avalanche won their first cup oh, after okay. they got Patrick Waugh. And oh, the Panthers, like it was they were basically a team where, like they were just lucky to be there and they got swept easily. But do they actually have a chance this time? You know what's funny is they're kind of they're a really funny team. They've got some great defense, they're both extremely deep. Uh getting career years from two really important players, Kadri and Huber, though, especially. Uh, Huber, though, we know what's Huber, though, is Kadri's a bit. And I don't see Kadri having another 100 point season, but um, goaltending for either team is just, it's going to be the most highest, like the highest scoring finals you'd ever see. But you know what? It's on a set of stone because don't forget, Jack Eichel's not far away for, for Vegas. And if he mm. gets into the equation, it's all gloves off. Oh, I cannot wait. Like, I don't know how they're going to do it under the cap. I don't, I, I, it's going to be magic. <clears throat> Sorry, but th- that is a team I am quite excited to see play. We pranced Buffalo yesterday. <laughs> Alex Tuck, point per game, by the way, is a saber, which is funny, but they just got, uh, I think Eichel was at the game, obviously, but he's, he's still a bit found. Yeah, you think he's practicing, but it's still no contact. I don't think he's right. been cleared for that yet, but uh, that man, Jack Eichel. Is uh is going to be on a different, especially if they loan them on the top line with Stone and Pacioretty. It's it's not going to be fun. It's not gonna, oh, it's not going to be fun. I can't wait. Um, I can't either. And it's not he's not in the East anymore, so you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Looking also around the league, the World Juniors, the men's one. I don't think we've gotten an update in the regards to the. Regards to the women's one yet, halfway. Surprise. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Tardif, doing a great job. But we do know that the men's world juniors is most likely apparently coming for August. Uh, player eligibility is not going to change. Uh, so what I assume is, so does that mean it's going to probably be the same team? Or yeah. does that mean it's not changing as in, well, sucks, we're getting new guys? No, no. That means uh, if you are eligible to play in January, uh, you are eligible to play in August. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, yeah. That, I think that's fair, right? Yeah, yeah. Cole no, Perfetti no, already fair. turned 20 in January. So, yeah, and that's fair. So, here's a question I have. Owen Power. So, 
how long does Michigan, how long does the NCAA go for? Because obviously the expectation for him is he wants to win the world title. This one I wish we had Mike on because he would know. Is because I'm trying to I'm trying to wonder is depending on how deep they go, the Sabres aren't making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. No. Is he any if he wins a gold medal with Canada, is he gonna get the triple the triple gold type thing? Is he gonna get all that gold before making the NHL? Because I'm kind of rooting for that. Like it depends on how far Michigan makes it. Yeah, it's because, possible. Uh, so last year, the frozen four, the final was on, uh, oh no, this is this year. Sorry. Uh, the final, the frozen four, the final will be on April 9th. Yeah. It goes by the school year. Yeah. Ah, so we may have to go to Buffalo just for like nine games. Remember, I think it was, I think they went early, but remember there was the same time that Hughes and Bacar came for like 10 games. Unless he doesn't sign. (laughs) Apparently the Sabers were saying they feel good it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you think if they're in, they're just like, no, go, just go away. Go because what well, the, the game, the point. There's no point because the season is lost at that point. Because it's also, then, yeah, it's also Maddie Beniers too. He's there for the U.S. That he could do all of this before he starts his career. Well, yeah, because he has a gold from World Junior last year, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. Is he on the Olympic team? He's on the Olympic team. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not Canada, so we don't care. Okay. <laughs> no, I, that's a joke. I that is a good yeah, point. Yeah. Wait, does he have a world? Does he have a world championship though? Oh, I don't. That's know. That's what I, I mean. Don't think so. Yeah. But he could be. He could be on that team. I don't know. I. I okay. On though, we move on though. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah the Olympics being done yeah. by that and all that. Yeah, it'll all be done. Um. The Olympics, did you guys see that? I don't know her name, but I think she uh, is a competitor in the skeleton. And apparently there was either was with that and my mic is just not, the mic doesn't want to work. It's okay. You know, it's funny because uh, if Adam and I combined our resources, we would be, we would be okay. It'd be a one man show. Yes. The uh, audio and the video, if we combine them right now. <laughs> anyway, so in regards to COVID, uh, apparently there is something regarding like quarantine or something. Um, in the Olympic Village, but the ambulance she was on, instead of taking her to the village, took her to a hospital. So it's completely messed up her quarantining. I think she may miss the event or something. Look it up. Rick Westhead, that's the... Um, oh, yes, yes. Tweeted it. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. I did see that this morning. What a freaking what a freaking shame, man. He's, he's, yes. Remember when people earlier in the year were like, athletes should boycott the Olympics because China and everything started going there and it was happening with the tennis world and that? Yeah. I think you have to watch a video of that athlete um, and you see how quickly life's work can go down the toilet before just screaming and shouting that they shouldn't go. You know what I mean? Because we got to remember here is, is, is it's, it's the amateur side of things. It's we get so selfish sometimes with the whole NHL is going to the Olympics and ah, I'm going to watch for Usain Bolt doing 100 meter back when he competed or just this and that. But it's like, man, their whole lives are this whole lives. And then it's just gone like that because the ambulance went to the wrong place. Yeah, that's it's unfortunate. Mm, it's awful. What a shame. What a shame. Arizona continued to be a shame as well when it comes to the NHL. Oh. Um, so we already we've talked about the fact that uh, they look to be going to Arizona State, uh, possibly for their games, depending on this Tempe situation. Right. 
So apparently, I believe it's in a few days, city council are going to actually have a new vote uh, in regards to the Arizona stuff. Now, if they don't approve it, and apparently there's some stuff to do with an airport and changing flight paths that could get in the way of all this. I believe Freeman wrote it in 32 Thoughts. Now, what the Arizona Coyotes don't want, because it would screw plans up, because obviously this is they're trying to get everything settled for next year, is if they decide not to vote and they kick the can down the line. We already know from other reports from Craig Morgan and that that it's not quite set, um, the sort of opinion of those on city, city council in Tempe. Uh, on top of that, a great... A, <laughs> Not Craig Morgan, by the way, which is really, really funny, um, but an article in The Athletic from gentlemen, uh, guess who? It's Sean Sapiro, talking about how executives around the league are basically seeing how embarrassing this whole situation is. And we just talked about escrow in that a few weeks ago. I just want to read you a little snippet from this article. Uh, not too much because go, you know, look at read your stuff. Uh, that's 32 Thoughts. Adam, get the right article up, you goofball McGundy. Okay. Within the current collective bargaining agreement, players and owners split uh, hockey-related revenue 50-50, but because player contracts are agreed to before a season, uh, an escrow system is in place to make sure the owners are whole on their 50%. The system rocked players during the pandemic, uh, plummeting, uh, of course, duh, duh, we know about all this, but you know, the, uh, heading into this season, the players have a billion-dollar debt to pay. Uh, escrow this season was set to 17.2%. That's taken out of their salaries. Uh, that means a $1 million salary is actually worth $828,000 after escrow uh, until the debt is paid back, estimated on the timeline range from two to five years, depending on whom you ask. The salary cap can only raise $1 million per season, which is effectively a modified flat cap. A large historical driver of hockey-related revenue has been in in-person purchases, tickets, food, and beverages, and merchandise, all that kind of stuff. A sellout at ASU's arena, that being Arizona State University, would amount to a far smaller crowd than Arizona's current 11,575 reported average attendance in Glendale and would be the new low watermark for the league. Currently, the Buffalo Sabres are averaging a league low of 8,626 8, fans. That will Jersey, change, though. That that Buffalo number will change. Oh, yeah, 100%. In a few years. This Even the start of this year, I think, kind of gave them a few more, a bit of zest, but Owen Bauer yeah. comes in, things are going to change there. Yeah. And it's Buffalo, right? You know, they're going to, that's a good fan base. They just need a bit of hope. Um, during the 1920 season, before the NHL felt the effect of COVID, uh, the Coyotes averaged 14,605 fans. The league low average for that campaign was 12,618 in Ottawa. That won't change. Yeah. No, it will not. <laughs> We sold out 500, guys. That was embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. Now, um, assuming sellouts, attendance on Arizona State's campus would be more similar to what's seen in the AHL. The AHL is averaging 4,214 fans per game uh, this season, ranging from the Hershey Bears at 1,700 to the Stockton Heat at 1,345. Now, there's some more in there about how executives might be saying, you know, it won't put them in a much worse spot. Um, but here, besides executives there, if I'm a player and I read that, you know how pissed off I am? I think it's called the Olympics. I agree to this new CBA. I'm losing my salary. Think of it like this. I have to give up more of my salary because the team Gary Bettman has been so faithful to for all these years, completely out of my control. Sidney Crosby should go to Arizona. Sorry, could go to Arizona. They ain't selling out. 
Imagine how, how pissed off you'd be as a player that Gary Bettman being so faithful to the Coyotes is costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars. From That's a million-dollar contract, so even more if you're a player making north of 11. Yeah, I, so I just did some quick math here. Oof, um, like just math. some quick math. Uh, I think Friedman in uh, in his latest 32 thoughts did confirm that 3,200 number uh, we were talking about last episode. Mm-hmm. So assuming that they charge $100 per ticket, which they can't because I'm not sure who's paying to $100 to go see the Arizona Coyotes. If they give me a jersey, I'll do it. I remember the Panthers used to do that. Okay, so now that's even more money out of, out of the pocket. Jerseys are more expensive than that. What? Yeah, jerseys are like double that. So price. what happened like that's, was that's expensive. Sorry, okay, like just one the, random thing. Yeah, um, for the Panthers, I remember when they were really bad. If you bought like a family pack, like you'll get one jersey, but then you also get tickets. I think to um, Universal Studios along with your ticket pack. Plus, like you get food as well, and then I think it amounted to maybe like $75 per person, but that's for like four games. Oh can, can the Leafs get bad enough where if we buy Leafs tickets, we can get packages to Canada's no. Wonderland, please? I'm pretty sure their sellout streak ended in 15-16, but they were selling. They, they had plenty of people in that stadium. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember. I mean, there was no, there was no, oh, here's a jersey. Anyways, I remember 2014. Uh, like they were just calling them the Toronto Marlies that entire time. Yeah. I remember that. And like, they were still like, it was packed. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's so my joke guys. How could you? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I, I keep doing that again. It's been years. Anyway, I, we'll I go. We'll so go. I, I have, so it's about $320,000 per game. That's how much they'd make. That's not without, that's with obviously without food. Um, and uh, Ad board advertisements, which they can only do board advertisements. Um, in a season, they play 41 home games, $13,120,000. That's how much they would make per year just on tickets alone. Uh, I believe Friedman, I don't remember who it was, but someone reported that Toronto and Montreal make about 3 million USD per game. Toronto's three and a half, Montreal's around 2.8. Oh, okay. Is, and those are USD. Think of it like this, right? The Leafs and Habs not having two game, not having home games for about two months may kill the salary cap growth next year, right? And the Coyotes are going to make how much total if they sell out everything? We're if, estimating? This is just a pure estimate. This would not even be close. $13 million for a year. And those are for three years, though. So that that number is right because they're they're staying there for a few years as they're building this imaginary stadium they keep talking about. Um, That they would make thirteen million dollars a year for four, three or four years. That's devastating. A good thing you said there was the merchandise and everything, and I just wanted to just confirm with us how much a Kajina jersey would be because I'm still willing to buy one. Like, yeah. And for some reason, it's more expensive than every other, any every, every other jersey. Like a blank, authentic Kachina jersey is two eighty. Oh my god! The retro reverses were three hundred. Yeah, two eighty. Man, and and like I love how are you gonna sell that? 
ladies and gentlemen, here we have a like okay, Louis Air. No, he's a free agent. Antoine, he's a free agent. Phil, Ke- he'll be gone. Jacob Chick, oh, he's gone. Clayton Keller is. That's it. The default answer or Nick Schmaltz. Apparently, he's he's lighting it up a bit recently. So yeah, great Nick Schmaltz. So, curiosity. So the drinking age in the states is twenty one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. And you normally, you know, depending on when you get into university, probably around 18. Mm-hmm. So, because most of the people going to those games are going to be students. Not, and students were poor because the government, well, they, that's in the States. Maybe they don't hate as much there as the government does in Ontario. <laughs> but half of them, the demographic around you isn't old enough to buy beer, which is the selling point at games. That's why yeah. owners hate afternoon games so they can't sell as it's much so beer. <laughs> like they're, they're so screwed. You think t- students are going to be behind on their tuition, much less being able to pay for a coyote jersey? This sucks. This is brutal. And in, in, in every sense of the matter, I'm no business expert, but if I was, I would have to say that this is not good business. And if I were on Shark Tank, I would say I'm out. <laughs> Man, <laughs> uh, this is the type of thing where Kevin O'Leary would wait to go just so he can rip it apart at the end. My yeah, goodness, that's exactly. board games. My goodness, great. Ugh. Alex, you could get your Riley Nash Kachina jersey right now. I don't, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want my Riley Nash Kachina jersey. When did Ooh. Riley Nash end up in Arizona? I forgot Anton Strom. Did he get claimed? Did Arizona oh, claim Riley Nash? I think so. Oh, my. Oh. So if you're moving to the Arizona, so if you're a, a student at ASU. Yeah. Right. Um, I'd love to know what their attendance is like, by the way. So if you're a student at ASU and let's see, the Coyotes are going to be there for the next three to four years. So you want someone who has a jersey, a jersey of someone who's going to be around for at least three years. Uh, to be safe, right? And let's just say Jacob Chickering is gone. I was going to say. The only roster players who have a minimum four years left starting next year, there are two players. Do you know who they are? Uh, I know one is Clayton Keller. Yep. I think um, I know the second one. Mitch Schmaltz? Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to be safe right now, because I doubt the Coyotes are going to be spending, you know, are going to be getting much more than three-year deals in the offseason. If you want to be safe, you have to get a Nick Schmaltz jersey. A Nick Schmaltz jersey. I think Barry Hayden's going to hold out. Or maybe, uh, yeah, he's gone. Um, Or maybe even, yeah, because especially apparently they haven't liked how they've handled him. That's not a good sign. Or maybe, you know, we'll see how long they they, they re-have Vegemelka for. Um, man, even their oh my god, their injury reserve is they got a few players. Um, fun fact the cap hit of retained salary on OEL lasts longer than most players on the Arizona Coyotes. Okay, so if you're an ASU student looking to buy an Arizona Coyotes jersey, which I don't know why you would buy an ASU jersey, um, you should be buying an Oliver Ekman Larson jersey because he will still be on the cap. <laughs> Put his number in dollar signs up. Like, yeah. What the percentage yeah. They, they have retained. Yeah. The oh, number. Yeah, exactly. exactly. What, a, what, a, what a joke. I was listening to the first take. I was listening to this. It was an interview with Magic Johnson after he left the organization. Daniel, you would, or either of you may know this. Did they win that title with LeBron and AD after Magic left? Uh-huh. Oh, it. Oh, I th- I don't remember. I think Let me so. check. Yeah, I think so. It was like the year after. Yeah, I can I can double check. What year did Magic Johnson leave? No idea. I was just okay. curious. It's from the interviews. The, anyway, I think so because they won in 2020. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, and I believe he was gone before the bubble. I feel like he was gone yeah, before he was COVID. As um, that a uh, sports agent guy that used to be Kobe's yeah. sport he's agent. Like, yeah. he, he stabbed me in the back, but he's still like, I love the, I love the Lakers because you're a Laker. And they were talking about like joking about how much the the Lakers would go for. Um, and it was billions, billions, billions of dollars. And then you got the NHL where it's we're playing. <laughs> we need to sell gate and beer to university students. This literally happened in the NBA. The Sonics couldn't update the key arena fast enough. And what happened? Until so until like I think Howard Schultz just sold them to OKC. Okay, so they moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, fair. And then there you go. But uh, Daniel said something there. They sold them. This is how many owners have Arizona gone through? Well, Can, that's the thing. It's it's not about owners. Remember, it's about places to. If Tempe say no, they have to move. They have to. No one else we, is going to have them. No, zero. Not but, no one's going to have them. Not because it's not desirable to have them in the market. I think having a sports team in the market is desirable for a city because you bring in, you can bring in new people, but the shenanigans time and time again, that this, the multiple ownership groups have pulled is incredible. And the NHL sitting there like, yep, I, I, I guess this is uh this is our team and uh, we're going to, we're going to have their back. Like, no, Gary, Bill, this is over. Call it a day. I look at the perspective of being, you know, a customer for this team, being a fan for this team in terms of spending money for them, where, you know, I look at you guys and you guys are diehard fans, no matter what, through a rebuild, through what's going on. But if I'm just a casual fan and I'm looking at, look how many things have happened since the bubble with this team alone. Why why would I support this team? Uh, it's, It's bad. Let me just read you this bit in 32 thoughts. It refers to what I mentioned earlier. Uh, Regarding Arizona, there are two big meetings upcoming. The first is Wednesday to address how that being tomorrow, I assume, uh, to address how um, how the Coyotes' potential new arena could affect operations at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. For example, one of the issues is flight path impact. The second is Tempe City Council scheduled for February 10th. Do they approve the arena plan? If so, and I'm getting mixed messages, then the Coyotes will try and close the deal to play at Arizona State until the new arena will be ready. While the arena is supposed to see 5,000, that will drop if the Coyotes play there with some estimates as low as 3,200. That's due to things like media and infrastructure changes. Also, the student section seat, there's supposed to be benches. Um, I don't think you can sell that at the NHL level. The league and NHLPA are discussing the matter. I'm not sure if the Players Association can block such a move, but there's wide recognitions players aren't happy. One said, this isn't the OHL. And another wondered if a top draft pick would ever bulk at starting would ever bulk at starting their careers in such situations. Um, last information I could get from December, the Coyotes were 31st in annual net revenue per game, approximately half a million dollars with some spare change, down 8% from last season Buffalo's last. In theory, the Coyotes could raise prices, but is there enough demand for that to work? One thing about Commissioner Gary Bettman, he generally keeps his owners in line, but make no mistake, the owners who pay revenue sharing in the pool won't like this and won't want to support it. Um, Arizona. Well, gentlemen. So embarrassing. I just, I love that. The, the seating or benches, like, listen, if you've ever been to, again, stepfather of mine used to coach hockey. I remember being at rinks like the Powerade Center uh, here in Southern Ontario and sitting on those just benches for seats. 
Little things like that are freaking hilarious to think of. Not to mention the time it's going to take for those renovations. They have to start now because it's going to take time. Anyway, anyway, we're going too fast. Um, the Leafs. What about just them? had a home and what? Yeah, what about them? I like to say success on both ends. They came back in game one against New Jersey, and then they didn't. They didn't. Um, they didn't. They didn't let up in game two. So I think it was success. So here's what the thing with the first off, you know, what's a great way to start the week with hockey, a home and home, the Leafs. Okay. And the devils. Who, who decided that? I was just thinking about that. Uh, and I looked yesterday. I'm like, who the Leafs, the Leafs are playing again. New Jer- Am I looking at the wrong day? Why? I know it, it caught me off guard too. I have to double check. I believe that was one of their reschedule, one of the reschedulings. That's fair. Because I don't know uh, why on earth they would do a home and home with New Jersey of all teams. I think last year they did it with, uh, no, not last year, two years ago. Last they year did they it did with, it with, with, yeah, with everybody. <laughs> no, no. Two years ago, I believe they did one with uh, Detroit. It wasn't back to back. There was a day in between, but like Detroit, I understand there's, yeah. there's some type of history, I guess, back, backing that, but that those were two interesting games. Like, I, I don't know. Again, like it's hard. I, I mean, I want to start with, it's hard to take games in December or in January or fe- it's February now. Sorry. Quite yeah. seriously, because it's like, again, with this team, the only thing that matters is the playoffs. Um, but what I will say, Daniel, you're right. Like that was a two completely different nights. And I think for both teams, uh, on, on night one, I thought the Devils played quite well until they didn't. Meltdown. Uh, until it kind of fell, fell apart. But I think, and, and last night, it, the, I don't know, the Devils did not look like the Devils last night. Uh, Our heart goes out to John Gillies. I mean, the Devils are kind of bad this yes, year. Yes, yes, they are. And they it are doesn't help that it looks like Blackwood's, they're getting another opinion on one of his injuries, apparently. It's, it's rough there, but it's, listen, you want good teams to come back against not good teams. And I think that's exactly what you needed from Toronto. Yeah. And then I was kind of wondering once I realized they were doing a home and home with the Devils, I'm like, how are they going to respond in the second game? And uh, oh boy, did they respond? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they very much did. They they did not hold back. Which like again, I don't feel too bad for. Like I don't feel bad about. Uh, I don't know if I should, but it's just I can't feel bad about teams being demolished. If it was the opposite way around, no one would feel bad. I promise. You feel bad for the players when they lost to Montreal. Uh, for the Leaf players. Yeah. Did you feel bad for them? I felt bad for John. Yeah, Tavares. no, I, I did. I did feel bad, but for my own team, I'm saying I don't feel yeah. bad for the for New Jersey. Like if it was the opposite way around and Toronto got smacked seven one, no one would feel, be feeling bad for the Leafs. I promise you, know you that. How good today's show would have been if the Leafs had lost seven to one to New Jersey. Oh, oh it already gosh. happened once yeah. this year. It already <laughs> happened once this year, Adam. They lost seven yeah. to one to Pittsburgh. The was last first line center, Pittsburgh Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, that yes, was. yes, that was the game <laughs> when Pittsburgh had absolutely no one. Their first line was like Kapanen and Rodriguez. <laughs> but guys, we have the SLC. No, we have the what was it? We have the Ven back. Remember that? That was around the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those were those were the days. I love our university. Those, those were the days. Uh, uh, Want to talk about Marner? 
Yeah, man. I, well, do you want to talk about Martyr? Do, I, I, I mean, listen, let me just check some of the notes that Alex texted us. So, and he has a, he's on a seven-game goal streak, apparently. Yeah. Four even strength, three on the power play. That was quiet, wasn't it? And one shorthanded goal, <laughs> which makes sense because he's a valuable penalty killer, right? Yeah. He's fun. I mean, I, just, I told you, he's just not William Nealon. He's not William Nealon. I believe William Nealander was minus one last night. Oh. I don't know how. And In a Alex. Seven, one win? Yeah. I mean, let me let me oh double check. He's moving over for Mitch. But yeah, Alex. Mitch up. Marner's not on the All Star team. Listen, I can live with that. Listen, Tom Wilson's on the All Star team. I, I <laughs> okay, that I, I don't know if I can live with that. That I cannot live with. I think I don't know if you want to talk what about that. What does he eventually. compete in? Uh, the hardest hit. I thought you were like <laughs> hardest shot. I'm like I don't know if he has no, a hard no. shot. Hardest hit. They so, should make a competition. He's the first them. player to get a penalty in the All-Star game. Oh, for sure. Well, remember when it was a big deal when John Scott hit Patrick Kane? <laughs> he's like, oh, my. So I, here's what's... Yeah. No, they've, they've, there's been penalties before. Oh, there been? have been, yes. Like the... Um, the... Oh, yes, I remember. Yeah, you're right. When um, I remember, like, a Ginla by accident, like a hooking penalty. Such a, who the frick's the ref there? And didn't want, I want to say? Oh no, it was Macaulay was joking that if he had called a penalty on Marshall a couple of years ago. Yeah. But no, I just uh, listen. Marner can undress a whole team. My highlight is him throwing the puck over the glass in Game Five. No, no, not Game Five. Game Seven. He did it in Game Seven, did he not? Was it Game Seven? Or game Six. No, it wasn't game five game. It wasn't it wasn't game five. It was game six or seven. I think was it six. Was I at the game? Let's go back to the footage. I think so. I think you were. Holy went on. Yeah, that was a great game. What the fuck? I missed the team being good. The entire second line last night was minus one. Kerfoot, Tavares, and Nylander. Yeah, trade them. Speaking of trading. Yes. Not Marazzi. We talked about that last episode. That is so. I will. I still don't understand, but that's okay. Um, so Jack Campbell is becoming human now because you know regression is such a thing. Um, but Alex has on the notes here that we should overreact, and he puts hashtag. I did not put that. I did not put that. I did not put that. I. I. I don't think it was Daniel either, but. Um, <laughs> well, I no, didn't I, know Mike had access to. I, that. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. I think this was a, a expected. I think we had the discussion about Campbell um, multiple times on this podcast. Like, I, I don't think he's an elite goaltender. Like, Aww. he has. A, Hold on. No, no, he has elite performances, but he's he, he over a full season. I don't think he can play sixty games up to that level the way that other elite goaltenders can. I don't think that's being unrealistic. I think he can put up extremely good numbers. You like to know his career save percentage versus the Carolina Hurricanes? Sure. Is it not that many? Because he was at the Western Conference for a while. Yeah. So I want to go his. I want to look at what his stats are lately. And so ESPN have this thing of hockey DB wasn't the first second option, which is dumb. So I I clicked on ESPN because obviously they have next game and they have here. Uh, his goals against his record and his save percentage versus the Hurricanes. I think that's really nifty. NHL.com, could you do that? Um, he has a 914 save percentage. They have it at 91.429. At how many oh games? One. His save percentage was a uh, – sorry, yeah, his goals against was 3.12. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Was he like, already on the Leafs? Yeah, that was the Leafs. That was he, he early in the season, right? Uh, I don't know. Or was he on LA? I I couldn't tell you, but it's either way. Jack Campbell. I it's just this was expected. He's still a nine twenty five. Yeah, no, no, don't yeah. get me wrong. He is a hell of a he is a hell of a goaltender. He has saved this team countless times. Um, but to say he was going to be what was he at like a nine thirty five nine forty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's un- it's unrealistic to say he was going to be that the entire season, whether he was rested or not. He's he's good. Like I I agree. I think he's in a he's a good goalie, but it's just I don't know. It's just it's weird with him sometimes because like the sample for his career at where he's at where he's with his age, it's just not the same when you talk about other guys that put up these you know above point nine fourteen. Uh, safe percentages and for me i think yeah good goalie but not not top tier so i think currently there's a tier of i don't you disagree with me vasilevsky and shesterkin uh hellbox not been great this year and then it's just so it's those two and then everyone else <laughs> and then above all that is carrot price obviously <laughs> um but um <laughs> But no, he's a good goalie. I think he's still Absolutely. top ten. Absolutely. I don't want to. I don't know if we get. I don't want to go into the semantics of top five because I don't want to take us twenty minutes putting that it, list together. It will be. Yeah, it'll be a nightmare. And we're gonna start saying like older guys, and then you know, no one's it'll, gonna have it, a fun it, time. It'll be. It'll be. It'll be. A we're gonna get a shouting match of Vasilevsky versus Price, and I won't back down. Um, but man, it, it is what's so annoying. Is I've just realized tomorrow's the last game and before the All Star break. So Sunday, all we have to talk about. It's going to be the damn All-Star game. Will there be 32 thought headlines? I hope so. <laughs> I have Olympic updates on lineups on like expected lines. Maybe. We'll see. Daniel, I don't want to wake up at 4 a.m. to watch a game. We'll, maybe we'll do something fun. We have yeah. a new segment. So, maybe uh, we'll create some like fun, fun content. Maybe there'll be other stuff. No, no. We have to watch the All-Star. I hate to do this guy, but we have to watch. Well, the All-Star yeah, game sure. on the Sunday, so we don't need to watch that, thankfully, because I don't care about the game. But skills competition. Yes, we will watch. We will I have, watch. I have a funny thing. So what happened was, you remember when we were coming up with such random content when there were yep. no games at all? Yes, I remember I do. Bar Down, they had an episode where they just went on eBay and bought a bunch of stuff, like hockey-related stuff. And that wasn't that was the segment. How much is our budget I, from our I, ads, I, Alex? How much are we <laughs> Can we afford all three of us to get a meal at Kelsey's? Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you think it's a no? Um, by the <laughs> way, um, after mentioning, this is from 32 Thoughts. I wanted to mention before getting sure. off the leaves. Thought yeah. number four, after mentioning Toronto's interest on Josh Manson, one executive joked, the Leafs have been interested in him since Punch Imlac was GM. Yeah. And I will have many options here, including keeping him. I that was yeah, no, that that's because it's this has to be like the third or second or third GM that's been interested in yeah. in, in uh, Josh Manson. What the joke is? I'm interested in Sidney Crosby. Yeah, everyone's interested in good players. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, you Leafs fans on Twitter. I really like Josh. Man- same. If he was left-handed, would he have had this much hype? 
No, no, no. no. All right-handed defensemen yeah. get like this extra like five percent. That's yeah. That's Except awesome. the Olympic team right. under Mike Babcock because <laughs> the left right balance. Then they get an extra hundred percent because they have to be right. Hundred percent the press box. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Norris Rid- Trophy winner. No Rid- respect. Rid- no respect. Okay, Montreal. Um, I stand by what I said about Jeff Petrie last episode. I still think he's a soft player. I still think he wow. needs to go. Let me just word. make something very clear, though, because he is. Let me make one thing clear, and I hate I have to do this because people were bullying his wife on Twitter, and I don't know if it was Twitter. It was, I think it was some social media platform. Don't do that. Just because, you know, there's obviously something like the, the family have referenced mental health as to why they've moved to the States because Canada's restrictions are awful, especially in Can- uh, Montreal. Let's just make something clear. Like, I, I, I hate that I have to say this, but if I'm criticizing Jeff Petrie, nothing to do with his family, like some people are doing. Okay? I still think Jeff Petrie has run his course. And listen, I told you guys I was done with Kakinami the moment he signed the offer sheet. Um, I, I still don't accept. I know people talked about the if fans were in the stands, none of them should have fought Cassian. I didn't exactly say he should have fought Cassian. I said, if somebody goes after your goal, I want you to get so into them, you you smell what they had for breakfast, right? Yes. I still think the guy needs to be gone. Interesting enough, it's come out, yeah. coincidentally, um, that Jeff Petrie has not requested a trade. However, he is open to the idea of moving. And it really sounds like all of a sudden that uh, if he's getting moved, well, he's going to get moved, basically. Uh, it's probably more going to be an off-season. Apparently, executives have told different reporters that apparently there is still a lot of value to Jeff Petrie, which is interesting. That's good for Montreal, obviously, because he's an older guy uh, contract. They're willing to trade him, but not at a discount. So that's probably why you can think it's later on. In the, you know, they're going to wait to get what they want. And a potential suitor could be the Dallas Stars. Of course. Because they've obviously lost. They're going to lose John Klingberg. They're going to trade him. And uh, talking about suitors, he is the opposite of Ryan Suter. <laughs> He can skate <laughs> offensive and all that, but it's they're both really old. When LeBron was talking about that on uh, insider trading, I'm like, that is the most Dallas move ever. So you know how it's like Petrangelo was replaced with Falk and like basically Krug, right? So they're replacing Klingberg with Petrie, who's a good offensive defense, and I don't think he's as good as Klingberg. Uh, especially on the power play, my goodness. At least when Klingberg shoots, he's that sleeve for the benefit of the play because he knows Joe Pavelski's in, in front to deflect it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but so we're replacing Klingberg with a combination of Suter, Petrie, and Hockenpah. Yep. Just a little weird. And Petrie's 34. Why? Yep. What are you doing there? What's the thinking there, Dallas? Like do it. I don't know. I don't know enough about their prospect pool to know what you would get. But man, you like Ty Delandria. <laughs> Something I don't know. Or, or and obviously, um, we joke about right-handed defenseman Jeff Petrie is a, a, a guy who can skate. He's not going to score one goal next year. Obviously, no. right? He's still a good player, but being right-handed, there's always value there, right? It just for me again. It's like when we talk about the Flyers. Like I don't know. Dallas, if you do this, like like they're perpetually staying at like a seven. Seven? 
that, that's, that's a, that they, I was going to say, like, seventh in the Western Conference, or like, <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, like, okay, so like for me, like cup contenders, um, no. like the ones that are built to be cup contenders, like they're a ten out of ten. But like, I think okay. like the stars, like they're going to make the playoffs, but they're just, Ooh, or they yeah. might, they might, they might not. But they're just one of those teams where it's always middle of the pack. Can I? Oh, so they're the new Minnesota. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna compare them to uh, Nashville actually. Uh, they're good for, this year. For yeah. for me, I, I think yeah, I I know they're good this year, but like for the last few years, they've just been trying to stay competitive, and this year it's somehow it's so, it's worked. And it's not the high price guys like Jamie Ben Tyler Sagan. They're both not the X factor anymore. There. The the wild card race is quite insane when you actually look in the 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 um the West. Uh, Colorado have first, we know that. Uh, Minnesota have six games in hand; they're three points behind Nashville. Um, and then you sort of separation for the Central. Uh, first wild card is St. Louis, fifty-seven points with two games in hand on Nashville, three points ahead of them, so they should pass them. Uh, oh boy! Oh, I was about to say, what happened to Calgary? They're three points behind the Kings, five point, uh, five games in hand. Uh, Dallas are, for the sake, we're comparing them to St. Louis. They're nine points behind with a game behind them. Um, but uh, Calgary, two games in hand over Dallas. Uh, Dallas are behind them by two points. Um, and but then, of course, like depending on how that falls out, they're either going to be battling Calgary, St. Louis, Nashville, or Minnesota. And I don't think they're as good as any of those teams. They have an outside shot of making it, plus their goal differential. Look at just some of these teams. I mean, obviously, LA could fall out, is going to be in that race too, depending on what happens with Calgary and the Pacific. Um, of all those teams that I just mentioned, the only one with a minus goal differential is Dallas. Uh, not to mention, if you also look at the Stars, uh, would you like to know who is a point behind them with two games in hand? Okay. Uh, Edmonton. <laughs> So oh, the good um, if they're doing the move, if Dallas want to really get, if they want to add to their lineup, if they want to replace John Klingberg right away, here's what doesn't make sense. Cause if they want to do it right away, they're paying extra for Jeff Petrie, right? Cause if Montreal don't feel the need to move it. So you could, it won't be a panic move, but it could be a move that's going to cost you a lot more when you are very much not guaranteed unless you're, they're smart and realize, okay, maybe we sell off some pieces, get Petrie, and then we reset for next year. I still wouldn't what I would do because I don't think the stars are very good. But the, the thing with weird. the thing with the stars, uh, and I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this, but for some reason, when I look at the stars, I say, okay, they probably won't make the playoffs, but if they do make the playoffs, they might be able to do some damage. Ah. Uh, I don't know, man. Sagan is just had. I don't. I got a vendetta. You know why they're not, they're not going to do anything? Why is that? Because they don't have Corey Perry anymore, man. No, I, I love that. I don't. They, if they make it, yeah. So here's the benefit: Do you go to a matchup where you end up facing Vegas or Colorado in the first round, or be smart, sell off Holtby, Pavelski, and Klingberg, and have a bit of a reset? If you got to be smart there, you know what I mean? I I really don't think this is the thing you make a comparison to the Montreal Canadiens areas. 
Uh, remember a couple years ago when it was they could have sold off Tatar and Dino, I know Tatar and Petrie when they had the extra yeah. year on their contracts. Yeah, they didn't do it. They go to the Cup final. Great memories for the fans and doobity 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 right? And you know, kind of similar things to to Montreal and the style of play and all that. Um, but look what's happened to Montreal since. Pete, um, sorry, not Petrie. The Stars should be smart about this, and the smarter thing is not Philly and try and throw money at the problem. We know they don't want to spend money because what's happening with John Klingberg, as we know. Right. I would rather be smart and sell off of the deadline and maybe take a year or two here. No, I, I 100% agree. I, I think it, if you do that, you come come out even stronger. than And not like you're very strong now, per se, but you come out stronger, especially there in, in their division. They could... like. Who knows what's going to happen over the next few years? Like, okay, Colorado's quite set in that division, mm-hmm. right? In terms of being number one, like for the next years. But Nashville, how many how many years is this going to keep going? Minnesota are about to be cap strapped for the next three years. St. Louis, go either way. Like they're if, so strange. They're they're yeah. they're very weird. Like it's just you don't know. And then you go Winnipeg, Chicago, Arizona. One's gonna be bad for a long time. The other, who knows what they're doing? Um, being Chicago. Who was the other team? Winnipeg. Who are in free fall? Oh my. So I, I think you're right. Like I think the smart approach would be to take the next two years, uh, reset a little bit, and come back and kind of take spot of a, one of those three divisional spots. Cause the cupboards are, you know, I think of Thomas Harley and Ty Delandria and then, you know, Jason Robertson's already on the main roster. So, you know, Jake Ottinger's still there, I guess, but it wouldn't hurt to add more assets here and there just to, you know, to deal with these guys that are probably not going to come back. And if they do come back, they're not going to be the same type of guys that they are right now on the team. Like Joe Pavelski, you could trade that. You could trade him. If they don't pick up Giroux, Colorado, I could see. Like, I think, no, I think Merrick mentioned this a few times. Pavelski could end up there, right? Like any team would love to have that guy on the power play for a deep run. We'll love for to sure. see him. Sure. Um, to finish off the show, yes. First off, uh, do you guys see that Michael McNiven's was put on IR? I did. Oh, I, man, I feel sorry for that on. guy. His and only opportunity, and this happens. Forget about the NHL. I haven't looked at this. Who the heck is playing goalie for the Rocket right now? Like who? And you know if they're ECHL guys, for, no. That's I don't. I don't know who else they have. And even if it's guys from the ECHL, who's playing for Twelve Riviere right now? Uh, I've never seen this before on the cap friendly page. If you scroll down, there's just no goalie. The closest we came to that was in Buffalo where it was like, Oh goodness gracious. What's happening here. And then Craig Anderson came back and then (laughs) maybe he was in net against Vegas. I have a funny joke with this. So um, when I used to play NHL, like the older ones, like 2000 and 2003. Yeah. They made a joke about this on bar down, but. I think they just got kind of lazy with the rosters for like, so for goalies that played a lot of games, like at the time, Patrick Waugh, Martin Roder, for example, their backup goalie just said G backup. 
man, yeah, because because here's the thing: can you name three of Martin Broder's backups? I couldn't. Um, I can't. Wait, do you want me or no? You actually. If I there's any Alex, this not the right. Like, yeah, that is. <laughs> I was gonna say I could name three Patrick Waugh backups too. Go ahead. Uh, Mark Denis. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he's drafted by Colorado. Uh, oh, David Abisher. Yeah, remember him? He got traded for Jose Theodore. No. 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 Who's the third guy? We we need to finish. Oh wait, wait, wait. Do I actually know three or do I only know two? Oh, there it is. Oh no. Anyway. Okay, I only know two. Um, Mark Denis. The only reason I know is Mark Denis because play by play. He was on the Blue radio. Jackets legend. <laughs> Mark. Denis. He was like their first goalie. To finish off the show, Harry Price spoke to the media for the first time since losing in the Cup final. Never forget. Um, a few takeaways from that. First off, a little thing. Am I the only one who came away from that thinking he was playing hurt in the finals, by the way? Because he had that line. They asked him about Weber. I think it was the last question. We're going to get to the thing about his knee in a second because that's the big takeaway here. Um, they asked him about the Shea Weber thing. and He's like, you know, I had an idea. It was going to be – that was it for him. And he's like, and I knew I was getting surgery in the offseason. So I think he was hurt. Which makes sense because in the finals he just wasn't as good as he was for the rest of the playoffs. Just I, I kind of thought I'm like, wait a minute, that explains a lot. I wouldn't be surprised. Most guys, especially uh, nowadays, like who doesn't come out of the playoffs with an injury? I mean, Petrie has not recovered. <laughs> Jeff Petrie is still. I think Gallagher probably still has wrist issues. Byron, remember, didn't play until the other day. Yeah. He finally got back. Edmondson is still MIA. Yeah. So it's the thing. Anyway, so the big takeaways from Carey Price's press conference. What did you guys think first off? Wow, uh, so I thought it was good that he he came out and spoke, considering it's been it's been months uh, since we really heard from him, which was the right thing to do from every standpoint, especially considering uh, him entering the, the the program and what's the point of him talking to the media? Um, there's clearly some fire there that he wants to play. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's kind of wait and see at this point. Like I have my opinions on if they, the Canadians should play him this season or not. I don't really, I don't think they should. Um, But I think it would be a really good story for for the team because it hasn't been, as you can attest, it has not been uh, a season of good stories for the Montreal Canadiens. But overall, I think it was a huge boost to hear him talk because he has been the franchise for many years now. For me, I think there's a good level of honesty there where we talked about no matter what was going to happen in terms of the questions that people are going to be respectful about it. And everybody was, and he, the, the fact that he talked about Shea Weber, he talked about his feelings about how things are going and everything, his own injuries, what he had to do when he thought he had to have surgery. I think that's great that he's been able to talk about this. And I like, I like that he still has that fire. Alex said that he still wants to play. Like, I don't know what that's going to look like for me. I think that's going to be what one or two, three games, maybe later in the season where it's just, you know, you give fans a glimpse of hope. And I think that's what I get from it is that it's a glimpse of hope of 
you know, see, this guy still wants to be on the team. This guy is still going to support you 100%, even when he's not there. And it kind of goes with what Montreal's trying to do now, where it's like, yeah, we have all these changes going up. But yeah, don't forget who the, you know, iconic figures are still here. That's still part of the identity. So, as you guys know, I've been very open about the fact of, like, if you need to trade Carey Price for the for him to go and win, you do it, uh, right? Obviously. First off, you know, I, my favorite player of all time. Love him. Great guy. Uh, I came away, you know, I thought it was a somber press conference because obviously he mentioned he needed help and why he went to the Players Assistance Program. Uh, he talked about, you know, he was asked you know, trade feature, and he said, I, I don't have any plans to waive my no-move clause. That's why I signed my deal with a no-move clause. Um, listen, I've talking, I was talking to Laura and Will about this. Uh, here's the thing a lot of people – what do I always say is important perspective. A lot of people saying, should Carey Price play? Why bring him into this mess? And I've even joked on Twitter, don't come back to this mess, Carey. You look great for a cowboy hat, don't do it. What has Carey Price been known for for years now? You think back to, I think it was the 16-17 or 15-16 when he hurt his knee and was out the whole year, came back from it. And that first, I think it was the 16-17 year, he was great. Um, I won't say, or it was even, he came back the year after and was a Vesna finalist. It's Carey Price. He comes back, everyone thought he was down and out this, like, last year. Especially um, how bad it was when Claude Julien left. Comes back, had that one conditioning stint with um, the Rock, and everyone's like, he's toast. And then he puts in that playoffs. I think what people need to remember before saying Carey Price shouldn't come back is what Carey Price wants. And what Carey Price needs and what he's fed off his entire career is coming back from injury. And what's really important here that people need to remember, I mentioned that injury that he was gone the whole of the year. I think it was Montreal started the year like 10 games without losing regulation then I think it was like Al Montoya was in the game against Columbus. They lost 10 nothing. They wouldn't put Price in because they were playing the next night against Philadelphia. Anyway, that year, Price was out the whole time. He came back for one game against the Rangers. He stepped on the puck and he was out again. There was setback and there was no communication. What's happening with Carey Price? There was setback, setback, setback. And what's happening this year was knee again. It's setback, it's setback. And I think that's always been the thing in the back of his mind that he didn't want to go through that again. And what's real frustrating, and apparently he's staying now, like, I'm still, I shouldn't say he doesn't want to go through that again and all that, because he's trying to rehab now. He keeps trying to come back. I think it's important for Carey Price mentally, for his pride as an athlete, that he comes back and plays this year. That's when people are like, should he play? No, no, you're missing it. Price to him needs to play. It's nothing to do with if he can play and you trade him or anything. And I'm not going to lie, after seeing him here, I was like, I can't swear. I'm like, no, no, no. You keep this damn man, and you let him retire on this team. Unless he wants to leave, then it's fine because he freaking deserves them. Why should he play this year? Because he freaking wants to. And if he's healthy, he can do it. And you know what? So far, we don't know what's going on. Because he was, ooh, the dogs are being loud, if you can hear that. But what we know is he's anxious about the knee. There's like a, a thing right now where the, people are scared he may never play again. Like that was a big takeaway for me from that press conference. Right. We don't know what it's going to be like. Apparently, the next few weeks are pretty important. That's the big thing is they're hoping. I think they're swelling in the knee or anything. But 
the reason I say the press conference was somber is I didn't come out of it like, oh, it's great. He wanted to get help. He mentioned that, you know, if people would be inspired by like him, you know, getting help, he said it was in the back of my mind when I did it. Um, but like, there's this thought he may never play again. And another thing you should root for him to come back to be plays this year or even next year is you should fight and cheer for Carey Price to come back because it's another chapter in that man's career. He said being a Canadian's goaltender has been his identity for years, and with his identity is coming back from injury and proving everyone freaking wrong about how good he really is. A little personal there, a little mad about people disrespecting Carey Price. Didn't help that Lundquist just retired. And the similarities in their career are so similar. But Carey Price needs to come back to prove people wrong about him. Let him go out on his freaking terms. And if he needs to play to get closure, you let him come back and freaking play. Are people suggesting he shouldn't play at all? Is that what? Because I've I've personally only seen the camp that he shouldn't he shouldn't come back this year let him take the entire summer off take the entire summer the entire regular season and come back opening night with a full crowd hopefully depending on who the premier of the province is by that time in october assuming that's when the season starts because i no no one's saying like gone gone forever i just mean the whole thing of price perspective of coming (laughs) back so it's not like that initial injury all those years ago Right. Is it just yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure. If he's healthy, come back. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like, it's a great story for the team. Like not, not just sorry. Not, it's not a great story. Uh, it is, but I think it's a huge boost for everyone in that room. Every single person. I will say this. If, if you can't get him for a full arena, then, then maybe hold off. But you know, if, Mr. Melson, call up the premier and say, listen, just one game. Can you just remember when it was, um, I, it may have been the finals when it was like, you're allowed to have 7,500 people in and the bell center definitely had more than 75 people. <laughs> like if he comes back this season, uh, maybe invite some more people. Yeah. Cause you know, he's going to get a big, a big reaction. No matter how bad the team we'll are. We'll see how the restrictions are maybe in a month. Yeah, no. You yeah. if he's if he's playing this year, it probably won't be. Gosh, any anytime soon, and hopefully by then, you know, they're going to be a full strength again. Because um, listen, at least you can hope that when they get back, like everyone, Edmondson and everything, they're not going to be good. We know that, but you can at least be competent and not then sort of risk Price coming back and overworking himself. Like that's a different story, but. You can hope at least him coming back on the ice with some of the boys around back together, whenever Allen and Savard are back too, and Dvorak and all that type of stuff. Shout out player safety for not giving Jared Spurgeon anything, you cowards. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else? No, good. No. Okay, I was going to go have a bath, but I hear my mom's running one, so she's clearly stolen it. Thank you, Mom. I'm going to listen back to the podcast. I appreciate that. Um, my head hurts. Okay, that's everything. Um, next time we see everyone, we talk about the skills competition. Yeah. Fastest yeah. skater and whatnot. That'll be fun. Um, Voicehead, great platform as always. Thank you for listening. Check us out on every, wherever you listen to your podcast. But see on YouTube where you can see the video version of this podcast. 
Uh, Daniel suffer C J R U Alex's blog and Twitter feed. Um, my YouTube channel. Uh, what else, guys? Yeah, get, ready. get ready. Guelph Nighthawk stuff coming. Hey, well, I'm excited. Guelph yeah. Nighthawks. Yeah. Love to see it. Alex, the podcast guy. Content. Um, what else? Legends Arceus, go play it, guys. Um, do, 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 do. Check out our own personal social medias and all that. Check out the show's TikTok. We love the TikTok. TikTok's great. Love it. And that's everything. Goodbye. Bye.